she said, and I care about what happens to you. That's why I'm agreeing to make this trip. But she's your daughter, and I have to agree, Veta's out of control. You have to figure out how to work things out with her yourself. You need to get counseling, Camilla, not only for yourself, but for Veta, too. I have to go, Camilla said. Saramella rolled her eyes. Sure you do, she said. She spoke too late, and a dial tone sounded in her ear. Camilla had hung up on her. She resisted the urge to throw her iPhone. Instead, she checked her work email again. Still no response from either of her new employers, Carling or Rune. To be fair, she had only emailed them a short while ago, when she had gone into the office to ready her desk for a leave of absence. Deep regrets, family emergency, need to take time off work, we'll be in touch soon, blah, blah, blah. She had written the same kind of letter so often through the years she could compose one in her sleep. How many times had she sacrificed herself on the altar of Camilla's neediness? She blew out a breath. Too many times to count. If she expected Camilla to learn to take responsibility for her own life, Saramella had to do the same. She had chosen to enable Camilla's behavior over the years— Now it was time to focus her energy on building a new life for herself. After all, that's what her move to Miami was all about. Taking on a new job and doing medical research she really wanted to do. Building a new life and exploring new opportunities and horizons. It was not too late for her to break out of her sheltered academic shell. The small, poisonous voice of her adversary whispered, The only confidence you ever found was in the classroom or the laboratory. When you're not lecturing over an autopsied body, you turn into a klutzy fool. You haven't dated in years, actually decades now, and you rarely make new friends. You're never going to have children of your own, and you've grown set in your ways as well. You're starting a new life with the old you. All your old problems and old weaknesses have come with you, so how can you expect to truly change anything? She rubbed her forehead tiredly. The Medusae believed that each Medusa was born with a drop of poison in their souls. The poison turned into the Medusa's adversary, the dark voice that whispered doubts and fears in one's own thoughts. The measure of one's strength was determined by how well one withstood one's internal adversary. Saramella tried to overcome that negative voice, but her own adversary had a lot of ammunition to use against her. She forced herself to concentrate on the task at hand. There was no reason to procrastinate any longer by pretending that she was waiting to hear back from her bosses. Many employers were very understanding about family emergencies, at least the first time, and Carling and Rune were much better than many other employers. They had gone out of their way to show her how much they valued her. She sighed, tossed her phone onto the coffee table, and went to pack a carry-on. Seriously, when she found Veda, she was going to wring that girl's neck. That'd solve any potential problems with further confrontation or conflict. It wouldn't cure Camilla of her neediness or get Saramella a life outside of work, but that was okay. It would make room for taking care of the rest. Lots and lots of lovely room. A knock sounded on her apartment door. The nictating membrane on her eyes snapped shut in surprise, and she paused, bras clutched in one hand and undies in the other. 
Dropping the filmy, colorful handfuls of underwear into her open case, she hurried to the door and peered out the peephole. A dark-haired man stood on the other side of her door, looking like he had just stepped out of an issue of GQ magazine. He stood in a casual stance, hands in the pockets of a hand-stitched linen summer suit, the jacket unbuttoned. Every expensive line of the tailored clothes emphasized his lean, well-shaped body. His sleek dark hair, layered in a razor cut, fell on his forehead as though he had just run his fingers through it. His eyes were just as dark as his hair and glittered with intelligence. In contrast, his skin was the pale ivory of a man who never saw any sunlight. Because if he did, he would vanish in a blaze of fire. Duncan Turner, internationally famous lawyer and the youngest progeny of one of the most powerful vampires in the world, stood on her doorstep in mid-morning?